0: Welcome to the City Hills Church Podcast. We exist so that people far from God will find hope and life in Christ. My name is Brandon and I serve as the lead pastor here at City Hills. The message you're about to hear is the fifth and final installment of a message series called I Want a New Marriage. In this series, we are looking at what God's Word says about love, sex, dating, and marriage. This week is a very special week as I had the privilege of teaching together with my wife, Kara. I know you're gonna love this message as we share some of the funny and practical things that we have learned through our successes and failures in marriage. Hope you enjoy the message today. All right, we've been studying the Song of Solomon. We've been in a series called I Want a New Marriage. Can we all say that together? I want a new marriage. Some people are like, I'm not even married. <laughs> uh, <laughs> That's okay, that's okay. What we've been talking about and looking at is the reality that relationships are just really broken in our society today and we really, really need new life in this area. Whether you're married or you're not married, maybe you're single, never want to be married, that's okay. Maybe this would be something that would apply to every relationship or maybe you're someone preparing for someday or one day. Um, I believe the Word of God has so much to say in this area of our lives and the culture that we live in has so uh, so much to say about it. So we I believe we owe it to see what God's Word says about it. So this is the last and final installment of the series. So we're going to be going on to some new topics. What we're going to be moving toward is Easter. It's just in a couple weeks. Uh, We have Easter Sunday. And statistically, over 80% of people that do not go to church will come to church if you invite them on Easter Sunday. It is the best opportunity that you'll ever have throughout the year to invite an unchurched friend or family member to come to church with you because it's just like a given. You got to go to church on Easter, right? It's like you got to go shopping on Black Friday, right? You know, it's just part of it. You just got to do it. And uh, so it's a great opportunity. I promise we are preparing an incredible, incredible, engaging worship experience where we're going to be looking at the story of the gospel you know, with fresh eyes. And you don't want to miss that. That's March the 26th. Seventh. And so go ahead and start inviting people to go to come with you. I saw uh, another study this week that said over 98% of people come to a church because they're invited by a friend. I thought that was interesting. We do a lot of marketing. We try to get the word out on social media and all kinds of things. But that's only a 2% chance that people will come and join. But there is a 98% chance of people coming... That you know. So, so so people will come at least one time if you just invite them to come with you. And Easter Sunday is just a perfect, perfect opportunity. Song of Solomon, chapter one, and verse one. This is the passage we've been looking at every single week, and we're gonna be finishing the book. And of Song of Solomon today. Solomon's Song of Songs. And here's what it is. It's a very spicy book of the Bible. Full of a lot of details about love and affection. And uh, it just starts out. Let him kiss me with the kisses of his mouth. For your love is more delightful than wine. Pleasing is the fragrance of your perfumes. Your name is like perfume poured out. No wonder the maidens love you. I believe this first verse in the Song of Solomon really gives us an overview of why we're studying the book in the first place. Because the love that... This couple that we see in the Song of Solomon, it's one couple that had a relationship that we get to see from the moment they were attracted to one another until the end of their love, till love, they had a love that lasted a lifetime. So in week one, we looked at what attracted them to one another. Week two, we looked at their courting or dating relationship, how they did that in the correct way. We looked at their honeymoon. In uh, week three, uh, uh, we also looked at, in last week, we looked at how they fought. We said in the, in the book, there's two chapters of loving in their honeymoon. And then the next two chapters are two chapters of fighting. So if that tells you anything about relationships, there you go. Two chapters of fighting. And today, we're going to leave this book with one of the most important words that you could ever have in any relationship. It's a word that I believe most people in our culture today do not connect with or grasp. See, we build every possible scenario to try to stay away from this word to protect ourselves here's the word commitment commitment we have contracts we have we 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 limit our liabilities and most certainly do that we we have the ability to do that in different affairs in our life but when it comes to our relationship with people and specifically our marriage relationship and those most important relationships in our family that if you do not and I do not understand what commitment is, we'll never truly understand what love is. Commitment to a family. Commitment to my friends. Commitment to a local church. Commitment to my husband. Commitment to my wife. Commitment to people. Commitment. It's a word that has lost its gravitas in our society today. See, commitment means being willing to be unhappy for a while while we work it out. Commitment says, I'm committed to you and I will be willing to be unhappy for a little bit until we can work it out. Commitment means staying loyal to what you said you would do long after the mood you set it in left you. Whatever you don't feel like doing what you said you would do. When you don't feel like de- to deal death do us part. Commitment is saying, I'm going to stay loyal to what I said I would do long after the mood I said it in has left. So in this, in, in marriage, we say till death do us part. In other words, the only condition to this relationship ever being broken is death. But I I, I, I pray today that today as we study the word of God, you're going to you're going to find some hope. This is a uh, we've looked at all the different areas of their relationship, looked at their Uh, honeymoon, we looked at their dating, we looked, and now the later chapters, chapter 7 deals with kind of the later years of their life and commitment. And uh, you've heard this whole series from my perspective, and uh, today's a really special day. You're in for a special treat, because um, I talked my wife into teaching with me today. So... Yeah, yeah, I thought, you know what, all you ladies, you're getting gypped just hearing me speak every week about this love relationship, so I asked Kara if she would come, and we're going to actually walk through uh, this last chapter of Song of Solomon together. Come on up, honey, yeah. Uh, Why don't you give her a hand? (laughs) Um, Yeah, let's get these chairs out right here. Um, We're going to walk through these together, and uh, we're going to walk through these together, and... And look and see what it means. So grab your message notes, and we're going to go. And, uh, and honey, are we going to be able to do this, right? All right. <laughs> Mary, she's, we've, been, we've been talking about this for, for weeks, and uh, she agreed. So it's going to be good. So you got to be nice to me up here. So uh, okay. this can get very dangerous, all right? So, uh, okay. Uh, we, we actually, we, we've been married 10 years. Uh, just uh, in the month of January, we celebrated ten year our ten year anniversary. I think I uh, have a picture. Did I, is there a picture up there of our when we got married? There we go. That's her. That's me, forty pounds lighter, and that's her looking exactly the same as she did ten years ago. Nope. You know what? I want you guys to get blessed, but I, I really want to score some brownie points in this service today. <laughs> so I'm going to say a lot of things. <laughs> Uh, all right, awesome. Well, what we're what we're going to look at in this passage in your notes is we're going to look at what I believe three just very very practical. It's probably going to be the most practical of the series. Three very practical things: uh, what it means to have a love that lasts, and some characteristics of a love that lasts. And we want to say this from the very beginning that we don't we're not perfect by any stretch of the imagination. Uh, she's married to a very imperfect person, and uh, we we. In ten years of marriage, we were talking. When, we were talking last night about when the hard, hardest times have been, and we've had some hard times, and uh, we've had some great times, and we've had some hard times, and uh, we, we want to, we want to exemplify um, this this type of love that we see in Song of Solomon. So please don't take for a moment, don't, don't think for a moment that that we're up here as the picture of, of perfection. But we're walking the journey with you. So, so I wanna, I wanna, we're going to start and just look at this. At the, I'm going to give you the principle, and then we're going to look at the scripture, and we're going to talk about it together. Now, here's the, here's the first principle that we see from the later aspect of their life and their love. If you think of something good, say it. If you think something good, say it. We talked about this a couple of weeks ago, but it seems to come up time and time again in, in the Song of Solomon and uh, so if you think of something good, say it. Okay, let's see what he says in, in chapter seven. He says, how beautiful your sandaled feet, O oh, prince's daughter. Your graceful legs are like jewels. I want, you to, I want you to realize what he's doing. If you remember earlier in the book, he started at her head and went to her feet. Now he's starting at her feet and going up. <laughs> this brother's smart, right? Um, your graceful legs are like jewels, the work of an artist's hands. Your navel... Is like a rounded goblet, that never lacks blended wine. Your waist is a mound of wheat encircled by lilies. Man, that's probably not a good idea to say her waist is a mound of anything. No. Here he goes again. Your breasts are like two fawns, like twin fawns of a gazelle. So we see, we begin to see in his life that he starts showing us, and this is, this is not when they're young. This is, this is when they're older. Um, and it shows us that love, lasting love, is affirming. Too many times that we speak the negative things. We we're talking about this. We speak the negative things and we save the positive things, which is the complete utter opposite of what we used to do when we were dating. When we're dating, we don't say anything negative. We just say all the positive. And then it switches along the way. I feel like I saw this with my grandparents. My grandparents are—they've been married for oh man, over fifty years—and my grandpa will come walking across the road, and, and uh, she'll say, "Oh, there's my little man," you know, and he's a little shorter than her. She's a little bit taller, you know. They'll just hold hands, you know. what I mean, it's, it's gross, but it's awesome. <laughs> uh, uh, Proverbs chapter eighteen twenty one says the tongue has the power of life. And death. So what we say uh, makes all the difference.
1: Yeah, um, this one can be hard for me sometimes because um, we talked about the love languages, I don't know, a couple weeks ago or something. Um, I think he mentioned that his was words of affirmation and mine was not. So that's something we need to, uh, I need to affirm him every chance that I get, you know, because love is affirming. And I need to try to speak his love languages when, even when it's uncomfortable for me, you know, even if I want to say something negative, I need to say the positive, um, in our relationship. So I have to be intentional about that. It's, it's something I, I literally have to kind of think about. Um, I love him. It's, it's, you know, that has nothing to do with it, but I need to be intentional about speaking those affirming things to him, um, in love.
0: Yeah. I think sometimes we, we talked about this last night. That it's so funny. We have the same likes. Like, we, we like doing the same things. You know, we, we like, most of the time, like, watching the same things. We like, when we go on vacation, we love the same things. But, but we love completely different. Like, we, in, in the way None that None of ours love, are the same yeah, at all. Yeah, we were talking, about, yeah. We don't have one love language the same. <laughs> and Probably the same in your relationships, too. It's funny how those things come together. We, we love being together, but it's like we do not speak... And I don't know, maybe that's, I don't know what it is, we, it's just the reality of, um, we, were, we were talking about this last night, that, um, that, that we fail to do this many times when we just get so busy in our relationship, mm-hmm. that we get so busy that we forget to have fun. And I, I was laughing, I was looking through some old sermon notes of that I did at a, like a marriage seminar, probably about four years ago, and it was about having fun in marriage. And I thought, man, if I, if I was dating and I could see that, I would just make fun of that, like, how, we gotta remember to have fun when you're, when you're married? That don't even make sense because when you're dating, that's the whole reason you're dating because you're having fun, right? And then everything changes whenever you get busy and life life takes place and other people and other things um, can many times uh, mess that up. And we got to make sure we keep the affirmation alive. That's what we were talking about right. last night. Um, we we got little things that we do. It's um, corny. As it I may lose some man points here, but I'm get, I'm getting some good points right here. Um, but right. but. Uh, one of the things we do, we have, we have some things that we used to do when we were just dating, you know, 11, 12 years ago. Um, we, we grew up before, we were dating before the whole texting thing, like, was really that big of a deal. Everybody remember before texting? And it hasn't been that long ago, like, only, we're talking 10 years. But, like, texting was a serious thing because we had all the numbers on our phone, So you had to text, like, all these different, like, you know, four sevens and, you know, three, you know I mean? It's like, some people were fast at that, too. I was always terrible. So what we would text, I would text Kara because I was lazy. Like to text her, I would say 143, which meant I love you. And, uh, and I would, she'd say 1432, you know, I love you too. And um, that's been years ago, but we still do that. And, um, and we still do that often um, because it's just, it just for, some, for us, it means something. Mm -hmm. And I I say that because it's just a small thing. I'm not saying you need to do that. But I'm saying you have your own thing. And and you have your own thing that that don't lose that thing. Whatever it is, don't lose it uh, because because it matters. Yeah.
1: Um, I heard something the other day that was kind of challenging. We all say I love you all the time. You know, that's that's what we do when we're in relationships or friendships, whatever. Um, But the challenge was don't just say I love you. Say, I love you because, yeah. I love you because you're a hard worker. I love you because you're a good father. I love you because you provide for our family. So it's, you know, it's something to think about. I love you because you're smoking hot.
0: Uh-oh. Uh-oh, what's a, hey, oh Uh-oh. Hey, my Lord. Well, you are dismissed in the name of Jesus. Thank you for coming to City Hills today. We'll see you next time. Just joking. Okay. Reading on. Song of Solomon, (laughs) uh, verse 5 of chapter 7. He says, your head crowns you like Mount Carmel. Your hair is like royal tapestry. Uh, Your king, I love this, your king is held captive by its terraces. In other words, he said, I'm I'm yours. He said, your stature is like that of a palm. Your breasts, there he goes again, are like clusters of fruit. I said, "I (laughs) I will climb the palm tree and take a hold of its fruit. This is the word of God for the people of God. Um, <laughs> verse 10 of chapter 7, I belo- she says, I belong to my beloved, and his desire is for me. So um, this is this is, so when you say when you think of something good, don't rob your relationships. And this is not just marriage, this is not just related to marriage. This is anybody. Mm-hmm. If you have a coworker or a friend or your, or your mother or your father, or your brother. Anytime you think of something positive to say, don't rob them of a blessing. You don't know what they're thinking. You don't know what they're going through. I can't tell you. Uh, I got a text the other morning from Carol just out of the blue. I was at the gym, and, and it was just a simple, simple note saying, I love you. And it was a moment where I needed to, I needed to hear that. Um, and we don't know what other people are walking through, going through, even if we're in the same house with them. So don't rob them of, those, yeah. of that blessing. Here's the second thing we see is if you think something special, do it. If you think of something special, do it. If you think of something good, say it. If you think something special, do it. I want to break this down into two categories specifically. The first one is purposeful time. Purposeful time. That's your next blank there. Purposeful time. Verse 11 says, Come, my beloved, let us go to the countryside. Let us spend the night in the villages. Essentially, they say, hey, in our relationship, we need to get away and we need to go to the countryside. We need to go essentially to the bed. And, let's go to a bed and breakfast. Let's go to a hotel somewhere. Let's, let's get away with one another. Mm-hmm. And this is a key thing. In our relationships, one of the things that can rob us of that affirmation is whenever we're not spending that purposeful time together. Mm-hmm. And I, I love in the scripture, it gives us a picture of this older couple that they've continued to foster this, hey, let's get away from life for just a little bit and reconnect, let's go grab a hotel, bed and breakfast, let's let's have a staycation, let's do something to to reconnect and make time together make, a priority. Yeah,
1: make your time together a priority. Um, this one can be really hard um, for anybody and everyone I know. I'm speaking because we have small children, so it's rather difficult to, you know, go on a date, or, you know, whatever, you got to get a babysitter, you know, all the stars have to align, you know, whatever, um, yeah, so, um, it's, you kind of have to be creative sometimes, uh, there was a few months back, um, that the boys, like, went to sleep really early, which is kind of rare, especially for our oldest, if you know Hudson, um, but they were asleep, and we, we had fed them dinner, and they were, you know, asleep. And we are like, we hadn't eaten dinner. I don't know why. But anyway, um, so we were like, hey, let's, let's make dinner together. So we turned on Frank Sinatra. Brandon can't cook without Frank Sinatra. That's right. so, That's the key. Um, That's so the key. we I had Frank. I do not
0: cook. I only cook Italian food, and I only cook <laughs> if, if Frank's singing. That's it. That's it.
1: So Frank's in the background, and we're cooking dinner, having fun, Uh, had dinner together, just quiet, you know, the two of us, which is rare, and we just had a really great night together. We didn't have to go out on a, you know, super expensive date and get a babysitter, all that stuff. We had a really great time together, so I'm just saying that to say, you know, make your time a priority, because if you don't, you know, then your relationship can suffer. Um, That's
0: good. we, We were talking like, I've never walked away from, you know, a date night or a Like, she was talking just a a special dinner that we have or a vacation or whatever, thinking, like, I've never sit across the table from her and be like, how did we fall in love? Like, I always, like, I'm like stars in my eyes, like, oh, baby, let's hold hands again, you know? Um, You know, it's like, because because in those moments of purposeful time, I'm reminded of why we fell in love in the first place. And uh, I'm reminded of why God put us together, and I'm reminded of, of all the good things. But it seems like in this, the busyness of life, if you don't do that, uh, if you don't take... It's the same in our relationship with God, I'll say that. That if, if, if the only time you ever pray or talk or read, if it's only in this room, I promise, then you're, gonna have, you're, you're not going to have the relationship that you could have. Because God is someone, sometimes you just need to get away with Him need to spend the day where not you know, turn your cell phone off, just get away with Jesus, and I promise he'll speak to you. And the same in our natural relationships, too. We have to make sure that we spend that purposeful time with one another. Uh, verse 12, in your notes, it says, let us go early to the vineyards to see if the vines have budded, if their blossoms have opened, and if the pomegranates are in bloom. And he says, there, and she said, this is her speaking, she says, there I will give you my love so so she she'd made a plan she'd made a purpose to get away and it was going to be a very romantic time it was something that she had planned here's the second aspect um, is thoughtful acts so purposeful time and thoughtful acts thoughtful acts um, the, verse 13 says the mandrakes sent out their fragrance which mandrakes were an aphrodisiac in that day so it was supposed to be a you know a fruit that would engender um, you know, romance and fertility and all these things. So it says, the mandrakes have sent out their fragrance, and at our door is every delicacy, both old and new. And watch what she says, I have stored, and that I have stored up for you, my beloved. So in other words, she says, I got mandrakes, I have every delicacy, and I have stored them up. So I've made a purposeful decision to store up special things, special acts um, for you, a, a special moment for you.
1: Right, she was thinking about him. uh, It's not always just the guy's place to, you know, do special things. We can do it too, ladies. We can plan a romantic date or, you know, anything like that. And it doesn't have to be, you know, extravagant, you know, light a candle, buy something new, you know, make yourself look good, girl. (laughs) But... I just wanted to say, you know, it's not always his place to do, you know, special things or, you know, be romantic. I can do it too. So.
0: Yeah, and back to the love language thing, I think it all has to do with your love language. The the thoughtful act has to do with the love language of the other people, whether you're married or not. Like, it's the same deal. Um, One of the most romantic things I could ever do is remember to take the trash out. On Thursday night and put amen. it on the road, <laughs> and uh, and I, I I don't know why. Lady, say
1: amen. My
0: brain, yeah, <laughs> my brain doesn't think like that. You know, it's not like on the first thing on my mind, uh, or bathing the kids, or you know, um, you know all those all those things that seem like tasks that aren't important, but they're yeah. really the most. But when important he does that,
1: though, that is that is telling me that what's important to me is important to him as well. Yeah. So you know. Yeah, absolutely. I think that
0: I think everyone's unique, and that's all about right. all, all about our love language. Um, number three. Here's the third um, practical truth that we see. If you want something different, be it. If you want something different, then be it. I, this this chapter eight, um, chapter seven, chapter eight is what we've been studying. In chapter eight, this is the, really the passage that I wanted to. Uh, just really look at it. It's such a beautiful, beautiful picture of love. It says, place me like a seal over your heart. Think about this. This is, this is their relationship in, in their older ages. It says, place me like a seal over your heart, like a seal on your arm. For love is as strong as death. It's jealousy unyielding as the grave. It burns like blazing fire, like a mighty flame. Many waters cannot quench love. Rivers cannot sweep it away. If one were to give all the wealth of his house for love, it would be utterly scorned. This passage describes the commitment of love, that it's a seal, it's as strong as death, it's unyielding, it burns like fire that cannot be put out, it can't be swept away, it is priceless. So many times in our relationships, we are focused on, I say I am focused on trying to change her to be more like me, or trying to change her, some imperfection that I've discovered in 10 years that I want to change that. But, but, but what we see in that passage, what we're studying is that, that we would do better to take the focus off of trying to change the other person and allow God to change, change us. us. Mm-hmm. If you want something different, then be something different. Mm-hmm. You know, if the grass is greener on the other side, then, then you need to water your own yard. <laughs> right. And if you don't like what you're getting... You need to look at what you're giving. If you don't like what you're getting out of your relationships, I promise the answer isn't get another one. Mm -hmm. Because the problem is you'll take you with you. Whenever you go to a new relationship, you take you with you. When you go to a new city, you take you with you. When you go to a new job, you take you with you. And if you don't deal with you, and if every every person you've ever met, every church you've ever been to, every job you've ever held, if everybody else has all these problems, there's a... There is a common denominator to all those problems, and it's you. Hmm. If you don't deal with you, then God can't. God can't bring His best in your life because you're not. Because God, God works through humbleness and repentance. And we say, God, it's not about them. Yeah, there are things that frustrate me, but God, what is it about you? What is it about me that you want to change in my life? Um. Colossians chapter 3, verse 14 says, and over all these virtues, I found this interesting, uh, Paul says, put on love. I just got that picture in my mind of, of, of what it means to put, to put love on. Like, in other words, like a garment. Mm-hmm. Like I chose to put this shirt on today. I didn't just wake up with it on. It didn't just hop on me whenever I got out of bed, out of the shower this morning. It didn't say, oh, there's a shirt on me. And I promise, love's not going to do the same either. And it's going to have to be something that we make a choice to put on in our relationships. And when we choose to put, put on love, um, I believe that God begins to do the work in the other person in our relationships. Hey babe, why don't, you, why don't you close out and pray, pray for um, the marriages and ladies and men in the house today.
1: Lord, we just thank you so much for this time that you've given us today. And thank you for these beautiful people, God, that are here. I pray, Lord, that you would just bless these marriages, God. Bless these relationships, Lord. It's all about you, Jesus. God, let us love like you love us, God. We are your people, God, and we love you. We worship you today, God. Just go with us from this place today. And help us to grow in you, Lord, and our relationships with you and each other. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen.
0: Thanks for listening to the message today. We'd love to know how this ministry is touching your life. Take a moment and email us your story at info at Also, if you would like to help support this ministry financially, you can do so by visiting cityhills.com and choosing the giving option that works best for you. Thanks again for joining us. We hope to see you soon at City Hills Church.